0: it's not playing with lex and dan it's the podcast where we watch movies that most people have seen but that one or both of us hasn't it's not playing with lex and dan he's dan morin
1: and he's lex friedman and together we are (laughs)
0: <laughs> we are Lex and Dan or Dan and Lex, depending on your preference
1: oh uh, i I noticed you got top billing on this because your agent's better than mine.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think it's largely because I'm the one who everybody assumes hasn't seen things. People that's are right. surprised that you haven't
1: seen it. that's things. true i I feel like I usually have a pretty deep bench of movies, but I do have some weird stuff that people hear and there, like people have seen here and there that I missed. that's a lot of the eighties. I don't know. I was a kid, and I didn't go back and rewatch those things, I guess, so I guess that's what happened. Weirdly, I went back and rewatched you as a kid, which was enjoyable. That was weird, but I hope I was as cute as I remember. You were. You really were.
0: Excellent. Now, Dan, we sometimes build up a little bit of anticipation about what the movie is, even though it says it right on the podcast episode title. It's one of our um, endearing charms. <laughs> so what do you think, like, do you think most people have who are, you know, movie watchers have seen today's film?
1: Most people? I mean, again... It depends very much on sort of the uh, age, I think, and a lot of, like, I think people probably a little bit older than us have probably, most people have probably seen it. But, like, I think a lot of younger folks probably not so much. Um, the real tragedy is there's fewer people older than us every year. <laughs> that is a real tragedy. It what, it did win a number of Oscars. Uh, and so I, I think, you know... It definitely it definitely was, was prominent enough to uh, be recognized by, you know, a lot of, like, award-giving institutions, etc. So, I feel like there was a certain degree of popularity. But, like, again, the era this movie came out in, which is the late 60s, I think, you know, the film industry was very different from what it is now. So, like, you know, this isn't exactly like a blockbuster release that, like... I think Mm. everybody saw at the time, but it it definitely has an enduring legacy, let's say that.
0: I definitely did not see it at the time, I know that for
1: sure. I did, it was weird. Time travel, (laughs) uh, some stuff happened.
0: So this is from 1969. I don't even know if I would have, maybe we talked about it last time, but I don't know if I would have known that offhand. That's, this is, this is an old movie. I know it, it, I mean, so little. So old, I, we haven't said it's Bush say, in the, yeah, Sundance Bush
1: Kid. And the Sundance Kid. We, we, we say old, but I, I have one of those moments, right? Where you think about 1969 as being super long ago. And like, especially when you were growing up, right? That seemed, that was like the year, the, the moon landing and like the end of the civil mm-hmm. rights, not the end of the civil rights movement, but like, you know, a big chunk of the civil rights movement was happening in the sixties, et cetera. And to me, that seemed like ancient history. But it was only like a decade before we were born, which does not seem that long ago anymore. Yeah, but it, it's it's still fifty four years ago
0: as we record this episode. Like it's fifty four is a long time. Right, that made me feel super old. And like, if you were in nineteen sixty nine and watching a movie that was fifty four years old, you'd be watching a movie from nineteen fifteen. That's just math.
1: There, right there. I, I, there actually wouldn't be that many. You could probably do that Welcome to our next season Where we watch all the movies That came out in 1915 (laughs) It's the all talkies edition Of not playing There wouldn't even be talkies There weren't even talkies In the late 20s
0: Here's everything I know About Butch Cassidy And the Sundance Kid Last time we talked I realized This must be why um, Robert Redford Named Sundance Sundance Which Mm -hmm. I only put together While we were talking about it So I know Robert Redford's in it And I know From HBO Max Where we're gonna be watching A service that exists At the time of this recording That uh, Paul Newman is in it Okay I know that it's, well, I believe that it's a, uh, like a Western mm-hmm. and that's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> I know nothing I know else. Nothing. Yeah. Okay.
1: I think it's interesting. And the context of when this came out as a Western, I think is also interesting, but we'll talk a little bit about that probably in the post show. Have you seen a lot of Paul Newman movies? I feel like he tends to be in movies that are then older than movies that you would have seen, right? Because you're talking about this movie being old, and this is sort of later in his career anyway. It's not super like end oh of his goodness. career, but it's like it's later. I've seen him in some Cars movies. Um,
0: He was a voice in some of the Cars movies, Ooh. I believe. You okay, Hudsucker Proxy, I think you and I watched together, maybe?
1: No, uh, did we? Maybe, Maybe we, we did. I don't know. I've seen it.
0: And Nobody's Fool is yeah. the movie that and I know it's not the movie he would think of, but that's the movie I saw. Is that his last movie? I think it's his, one of his last movies. No, he did, he did a bunch more stuff according did to he? IMDb. Okay. His la- is his yeah. last
1: movie um, uh, Road to Perdition"? That's got to be pretty late in his career.
0: The last movie he did, he did, he was still doing voice work in oh six, oh seven, and oh eight. Okay. So he was in the Meerkats in oh
1: eight. <laughs> Truly an illustrious way to go out.
0: Yeah, but so I, I haven't seen a, bu- a bunch of his things. I, I probably saw the Color of Money.
1: I've seen that. I that was in my. That. I mentioned last time. I think that I had a point like where I was. I think after college and living at home, and I didn't like really have much to do, so I would go to the library and just get movies, and that was definitely on the like. I I would like go down the list, and that was one that I I watched both The Hustler, which is the prequel or not prequel which is the original movie and the color of money is kind of a sequel slash homage to that movie but, uh, probably
0: my favorite movie i mean I, I did really enjoy i've seen road to perdition i did really enjoy nobody's fool as a kid i remember liking that one but probably the movie that's my favorite of his that i've seen thus far is silent movie the mel brooks movie in which he appears <laughs>
1: i don't think i've seen that one
0: the, do you know the only person with a line in silent movie
1: is it uh, Harpo marx
0: uh, close. It was Marcel Marceau. He's ah. the only person with a line gotcha. in that movie.
1: Okay. Well, I think we've uh, really exhausted all the topic conversation. Other than saying, I'm a little bit anxious as I always am when I show you a movie that I love. Me too. And I don't know how you will react to it. Uh, this is this is the the trickiness of our <laughs> of, of the premise of this show.
0: Right. Listen, I'm, I, as I was saying earlier today to others, I I don't know if I'm yet eagerly anticipating watching this movie although i'm ready to be surprised and delighted like okay. I, I would love to love it that'd be better but i'm certainly looking forward to having seen it <laughs> and the fact that i get to do it with you no matter what is that's the way to do it if you're gonna watch a movie that you're not sure about watching with dan warren you could do a lot worse that's all i'm gonna say that's that's, that's the motto on my business card <laughs> and i wish others could have the privilege of watching movies with you dan but
1: uh, i don't think that's meant to be what if i told you such a thing was possible lex Say more Oh I will, if you're a member of The Incomparable, which you can easily become by going to the Incomparable.com/members, you will get access to all of our commentary tracks. That's where Lex and I watch wow. the movie and talk over the movie, but not so much that it detracts from your enjoyment of the movie. That's right <laughs> Or ours. <laughs> but you can watch along with us. You can sync up the track, you can play uh, the movie yourself, and then you can enjoy that. Plus, that's not all you get for becoming a member of the comp Not by a long shot. Yeah, there's more. You get access to a bunch of other content from other shows, including uh, bonus content. You get access to the bootleg tracks, which are shows that are out before they get fully edited so you can have them oftentimes like for our total party kill DD podcast they come out like months if not like a year in advance because there's (laughs) so much backlog for that so like you want to really get a jump on content uh the bootleg feed is where it's at um plus access to our incomparable members discord community which is pretty hopping these days and uh some some fun swag too at some level so go to the slash members sign up uh, plans start at just five bucks a month you can choose how much you contribute and you can decide which shows on the network get to take a uh, portion of your membership fee so you can select not playing with Lexington and, and a little bit of that money comes to us which we appreciate because yeah services are not cheap Well, X, I have some news for you. Okay. You have now seen Butch Cassidy and, not just Butch Cassidy, but Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid.
0: Amazing.
1: So, Dan, I want to know, before we get into
0: it, because you you heard me watching. We watched along. Yes. What do you think I thought? What do you think my take
1: will be? I think you were surprised at how funny it was. I. That's my guess. There's some good dialogue, right? Like, I mean, I think I think you enjoyed it. Is my guess, but maybe I'm wrong. If I had a concern for you, I would think it would be you thinking that it was on the slower side, which admittedly parts of it are. Yeah, that's uh, that's my guess of your overriding opinion. What did you What did you think?
0: Well, that's our episode. No, so it's funny. Our friend, card
1: player number two. uh,
0: Our friend. uh... John Syracuse has commented to me that he enjoy, he enjoy he's amused by the fact that I often talk about movies being funnier or less funny than I expect them to be or that I appreciate movies that aren't comedies being funny. And so the whole time I was feeling self-conscious about, hey, this movie's funny. But I realized over time it's intentionally funny. Like yes. it is going for comedy. Yes. Which I definitely did not know going in. Although I see here now that the HBO description says that it's a breezy blend of action, comedy, and romance. I don't think I caught most of the romance, but <laughs> unless it was between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Very tender when they were tending to each other's wounds. A
1: bit of bromance there.
0: Yeah. But I did not hate it. Uh, yes, I mean, like, <laughs> I did I think, not hate m- it. Dude. That is some
1: good praise <laughs> right there.
0: Uh, Well, I was prepared to hate it, and this is, I was really, I was trying to, you know, when you're, when we do, like, a podcast like this, and you're thinking, am I liking this? Like, when you're you're reviewing anything, especially when it's, like, a short-form thing, an app or whatever you can spend time with, but, like, you have to be kind of evaluating, how do I feel about this while it's going, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not something I would pick for myself to watch, but I I liked it. Yes, absolutely, like, anything from its era, it's going to feel a little bit slower to my 2023 brain, but I liked it. Here's my struggle. It's... They're bad. I think a lot about the the TV series Breaking Bad, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. where I think there are a whole lot of fans who are rooting for Brian Cranston Walter White the whole time, but you're not supposed to, right? Like, he's not a good person. Sure. Um, and you're supposed to be rooting against him pretty early on. And because that's what you're doing, like, you can go through it. But, like, when there's nobody to root for... It's, it's a little bit harder for me. So like, I, I tried to really put my mind as best I could, like in the era of like, Hey, this is a movie about these guys. So like, it is their story, but. They're likable. They're 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 scamps. They're they're funny and talented, and they have a great rapport with each other. But they're not good people. And at the end, I was like, they're they're shooting police officers, right? That's what's happening here. The thievery. You made the point, like this was the equivalent, the 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 era equivalent of of robbing billionaires, which well, I could probably get behind. Yeah. But they did kill innocent people, right? And so it's That's that part I struggled true. with. Yes,
1: I mean. I mean, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to hear you say that, especially compared to last week's movie of Goodfellas, which also, you know, I felt like yes. I struggled a lot more with. And at least here, I felt like it's fair. These guys have they have a sort of code. I think that's the thing that, that I can root for them for. Like up until that last scene, right, with the bandits, which confesses that he never shot anybody. Right. And that's sort of that's the, right. the thing about this story is like mostly i'm not saying people don't get hurt but like a lot of the robbery that happens is not them killing people right it is them you know you're certainly using the threat of violence but like you know when they rob the trains for example right they are they in fact go to great pains to try and not have anybody get hurt right like they have our, our poor friend woodcock who shows up a couple times and they try to get him to come out and just open the door and be like, it's not worth it. It's not your money. Don't, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody. We just want we just want to get in the safe. And I feel mm-hmm. like that that has a certain appeal of that to me. But I think the inflection point is when they're forced to to gun down the bandits, right? And it's a reason that that scene is sort of shot in slow-mo and we have a hold on Newman's face as he sort of grapples with that. And that's the point where there's no coming back for them, basically. Right.
0: That's fair, and uh, I would say y- your point is well taken. That I, you know, I could watch Goodfellas and enjoy it, which I do. They would say they have a code too, but you're right. This is their code involves killing a lot more people, <laughs> right. right? But like the dialogue was great. Uh, you referenced the line that you said you say a lot, and I want to see if I have it right. Hang on, I didn't write it down or think. I tried to remember, but uh, think think you use enough dynamite there, Butch, something like that. Was that yeah. right?
1: Yep, that one. That one <laughs> and. Uh... Uh, the fall will probably kill you, uh, which are yeah. my two favorite bits in this movie. I mean, uh, this movie is full of good lines of William Goldman. No surprise there. Even yeah. things that are not like funny lines in and of themselves, I find very like, re- like the who are these guys? Like, you know, the <laughs> repeated nature of it kind of makes it uh, iconic. I mean, they,
0: they're clearly having fun like the actors are having fun and the characters are having fun. I I re- I did enjoy their rapport, I enjoyed their dialogue, and it's I was trying to think before we watched like why do I struggle with westerns? And I know this is ridiculous and every listener is free to judge me. I even like I love the Back to the Future trilogy, but I struggle with the third one because it's effectively a western for a lot of it and I really struggle with westerns. I was trying to figure out what it is. And horses. this is ridiculous. Horses. That's I hate horses. No, it's um it's manure. I hate manure. No, it's uh, it looks hot and gross and dirty, right? Like, that's my struggle. <laughs> like, it just seems so unpleasant. If I try to there. put I guess I put myself in their minds. I know, but I, I want to be, like, I do go there, and it just feels gross. And this one, surprisingly to me, did a decent job of, like, not luxuriating in the grossness of it all. Like, and they had a miserable, there's a, a pretty hefty scene a pretty lengthy scene where our heroes such as they are are being pursued by LaFour's and lord baltimore i remembered multiple character names yeah, very impressed. and i liked it because lord baltimore was from a different city and that was funny to me um but so you're there it's a long time and like at one point Paul Newman's in some water watching off. But like, they're really struggling. They're on horses for a long time. Now they're sharing a horse. Now they're just on foot going through. But like, it wasn't in my mind about, look how beautiful and and classic and romanticizable this is. Mm-hmm. It was like, it kind of sucks. And I appreciate, yeah, it does kind of suck. Like, good for them. And so that part didn't bother me as much. I-, I didn't mind that we were in the old West, I guess I would say.
1: Well, and what's interesting about this too, specifically in terms of the positioning of this movie is, as I mentioned, I think while we were watching it, you know a lot of this movie is a sort of metaphor for the end of the old west right it's like they're they're getting pushed out by modernity whether it's in the form of the bicycle you know coming along or just like they're literally being chased out of it right and it's it's kind of the end of that era and i think that's a lot of what this film is about is sort of progress and modernity coming for these guys and the life they're living and, you know, again, there is some romanticization happening there. I really butchered that word. Uh, I also Sundance that word. Um, and I think... But overall, I think it's just talking about the fact that, that what these guys are, are looking for is just, you know, to a certain degree, freedom, right? Like the freedom of the Old West, being able to go do stuff, even if it's crime. And, you know, this is... Uh, not gonna last right you know as they as edda says them at some point i think like you're gonna die bloody is it her somebody else? i can't remember who says that line but like you know that's that's all that's left basically is yeah a, a death and you know when we get that signal too when she i think leaves.
0: it's the it's the the sheriff who says the sheriff
1: me. says you're right i'm sorry die. You're, you're gonna die bloody and like that's certainly borne out by the end of this movie uh in which they are dispatched with overwhelming force and like there is there isn't i appreciate that too right because it's like it's not a movie where it's like oh overwhelming odds and they're going to beat the uh, nope they are murdered right. and, they are, and it, they are it helps that it's down. a true
0: story. Yeah. what's 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 interesting? You know, I was doing a tiny bit of research as the movie was ending, and like it, it appears that in fact they probably died in that event, but m- kind of murder suicide style where yeah. they, they one of them put the other out of his misery. <laughs> yes, and that was that. But it, like, listen, I I, what I was also thinking about as we watched it, like. Dan loves this movie you consider this one of your favorite movies right it's
1: up there for me it's a top 10 movie I think I just And so I was trying to
0: think about like what is it that that Dan loves about this and you do love in my experience with you me and but also um witty friends right like these are are very they clearly love each other which I appreciate and they're they're both funny and like there are two kinds of comedies, right? And there's comedies where it's just the stuff is funny and then there's comedies where the characters themselves are funny. And this falls into that category. Like the comedy of this is it's not like they're in funny situations because they're not. It's that the two people are funny.
1: And yeah. I, and I I like that aspect. I agree. And it's the rapport of these two guys, right? Like it's funny to me that you have these two characters who are so close and as revealed at several points throughout the film, they don't actually know much about each other, right? Like butch doesn't know where sundance was born there's a scene early on where they tell each other their real names and you're like clearly they have been friends for a long time but yeah. neither of them knew what their other names with sundance can't swim butch has never shot anybody like all of that is is fascinating to me because it still shows these guys have this really strong bond even though they don't know these facts about each other and i also like that they you know as you point out they clearly love each other but it's not in the it's all on the subtext, right? It's, it's right. The, in the way they say things, not in how in, in what they actually say. Like they totally yep. give each other crap all the time and are making fun of each other and whatever. But like in the way that you only can with somebody who you truly feel close to.
0: Yes, that's and, right.
1: I, and I, it comes through, right? And I mean, Newman and Redford have done several did several movies together. I don't know if you've ever seen The Sting, which is the other big one that they've done together. Yep. Also, a good movie. I think you'd find it slow, but I I, I like that one a lot. But again, these two these two actors are clearly friends themselves, and I think yes. that, that having that experience of the two of them being this sort of pair really helps bolster all of that. And this is a little cliche to say,
0: but they are clearly movie stars on screen. Oh, yes. Like, really, re- very much, right? Like, they, they both look great, and they... They like I don't know I don't know if the word is smolder great or they they they're extremely they, handsome men <laughs> right they're extremely handsome but they also like they just have such not even gravitas but just weight or heft on the screen like yeah. you, you just you want to look at them they're they're interesting and, yep. and captivating to watch yep. and that's even when like I was before they're dirty and gross yeah. like like man I can't, they they have such good eyes and they're the director clearly seems to like love showing them and God the opening was hard for me the opening was I didn't mind the sepia tone actually I assumed we. Were going to switch to color i hoped we were going to switch to color but the opening started really claustrophobically shot where yes. everything was in extreme close up it was a choice but i i was hoping boy i i really want to know what's happening and it's hard to tell here and you know if, if you think back then to our star wars season which you might recall mm-hmm. there were times when like there'd be a lot of let's say Tie fighters, <laughs> uh, sure. or lots of shooting scenes, and be like, "What the hell is happening?" And here, wh- where I and I know this is not Star Wars' fault; it's it's Lex Friedman's fault. I'm just born with this weakness, where I had a hard time following the action sometimes. Like, I didn't know who was shooting at whom. Here, I did. Right like, here, there was something about the way this was shot where you could follow the action, or I should say, I could follow the action in a way that I appreciated because I'm not like a huge action movie genre person as the people who listen to the well, Fast we don't, and Furious. We don't bounce no well. yeah
1: we don't bounce around as much like almost always right. we're shot from the perspective of them shooting at other people right or being shot at but we don't even a lot of times we don't even see who's shooting at them which i think is an interesting choice as well but we stay firmly sort of behind them the camera stays firmly with them and i think that yes. helps ground it in a, in a large way i was gonna say about the the newman and redford thing i mean obviously both uh, not only great movie stars or whatever but i think they're also great actors both of them and there's a lot done in this movie that is not in dialogue that reflects well on them i mean any number of movies i think we can watch where you feel like ah yes i can see the i can see the gears turning i can see the action the the person acting right whereas yes. so much of this movie to me feels very much like these two guys just plopped down here and that's a real testament to like how well they inhabit these roles. There's lots of little bits with just like a look or something, especially like, you know, Redford does such great facial acting in a lot of places that I think it's just incredibly compelling. And I mean, I I don't know, I I could, I like Paul Newman a lot, but I could watch Robert Redford pretty much every day of the week. I mean, I think he's one of the greats. I
0: think that Redford is, I agree with everything you said, and I agree with it even more regarding Redford in this movie than Newman. Like sometimes Newman feels like Hey, I'm also a Hollywood actor. Like, he's got some smiles. He's, he's hamming
1: it up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Exactly.
0: There's some points where it's not like breaking the fourth wall, but where he's aware of how clever or or whatever he is. Yeah. And but it didn't take me out. I just noted it. But you are 100 percent right on on Redford, especially. And like, I'm thinking about this because as we record, I'm 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 attending a, a callback for an audition this evening, and I was thinking about how there are some actors, whether it's stage or screen or anything else, where you know. Even if they're at the star, like when they have their moments to shine, they really want to shine. It's like, look at me, like, this is my latest Oscar winning moment. Like, everybody pay attention, look at what I can do. And Robert Redford in most of this movie feels so understated to me, like, so confident. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yep. I've got this. Like, I can do very little and still have it work really well. And I appreciated the confidence in that, too. Like, yeah. it just, it was fun to watch because he wasn't, I mean, he was clearly trying, but it, he wasn't trying too hard.
1: Yeah, there's so much Redford. I mean, there are so many Redford movies that rely on the fact that he is so incredibly charismatic that that like carries a movie even when maybe the rest of that movie is not up to snuff (laughs) but i feel like here you're totally right he's playing it he's playing it down a bunch he's very like stoic in a lot of scenes i mean he has still got charm to him but like it's it's he's kind of holstering it you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in, in yep. a way and I appreciate that it gets deployed in sort of perfect moments but a lot of this movie he is cranky and, and <laughs> like just does not want to put up with Butch's crap uh, and I really like that it, it works really well to have this one character who is as you said like like Newman kind of overplaying it he's a con man more than anything and like yeah. that's what makes that work is that he is like he is just talking and thinking and like mind and mouth are running a uh, hundred miles an hour. And and Sundance is the muscle, and he's just kind of like, oh God, Butch, you know, he's gonna get us into something else. But uh I'll just I'll back him up. I, yes, I really do appreciate in their
0: dynamic that they they each obviously very clearly know the roles they play, mm-hmm. and they have like begrudging respect, but also <laughs> like complete lack of faith yes. in the other. Yes,
1: it's pretty funny. Yeah, pretty I funny. also think it's an interesting move in this movie to. So there are fairly few characters in this movie. It's very yeah. economical on that. It's basically Butch Sundance, Etta, and then everybody else ha- is appears in maybe a scene or two, and that's right. about it. I mean, the next the next highest cast member is Strother Martin as Percy Garris, who appears like an hour and a half into the movie, <laughs> and only appears for like two scenes, basically, and then gets killed. Which I appreciate. It, it, I I like part of what is nice about this is it feels like. It drops you into this world, and it doesn't matter if you don't know, like, what the hell is the story with them and that sheriff, right, that they, like, go to tie up. But, like, it's enough to know, like, they've had a run-in in the past or whatever, but they kind of respect each other and are friendly, and and that's fine. And then similarly with, like, LaFour's in Baltimore, who are never seen anything other than a super long shot like it doesn't matter that you don't see those characters they kind of are this force of nature that is constantly tracking them and it feels ominous and threatening even though we don't have you know i mean there are actors playing those parts but they're not actors that we ever spend any time with and i think that's a fascinating choice because it, it makes it feel less like this movie is about the two of them fighting against somebody as opposed to the two of them fight just like fighting off nature the world whatever like i encroaching <laughs>
0: right against the world it's 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 really interesting the you know the, there's the i'm sure true not quite apocryphal story about jaws and how it mm-hmm. worked the shark works so poorly that spielberg's like we're just going to barely show it and that made the movie better and i think you're right that there was something smart about not diving deep into the actual visuals of the enemy but, but just they're they're just there yeah. and it's I think sometimes in terms of improv and in improv, like every, it's, there's this default instinct that a lot of people have to turn every scene into a fight. And because now there's conflict, but like watching two people fight each other is not that fun. Yeah. But when it's, you can still have conflict, even if it's you both. Against the world, right? And so they really did the nice job of saying, like, these guys are allies, and they're against basically everybody else, <laughs> seen and unseen in this right. movie, <laughs> innocent people, the the law, all of it. And I, I did think that was handled well in a way that, like, it was hard not to root for them, even though they were the bad guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things I like about it. It is it's complex and strange, and it, it's an odd movie. Like again, it, even in the late sixties, I think westerns were kind of on their way out or at least the the idealized westerns of like the 50s with the lone law man right whatever like gary cooper or, or jimmy stewart or whatever like mm. that was kind of a bygone era at this point we were like the vietnam era and stuff so stuff's a little more complex and i think that's what makes this not quite it, it's not just the death of the the west but it's also kind of the death of the western as a genre i mean it it pops up again from time to time but it has never again reached the highs of, you know, the fifties and sixties, where it was one of the biggest genre, I think. And I find yeah. that fascinating. So it it is a there's a lot going on in this movie too, which I really appreciate as well.
0: And I feel like to a and this is way overstating it, and I'm not an expert on this in any way, in some ways, some of the the old West and, and Western outlaw style movies got supplanted by Mafia style movies for a while. Yeah, sure. And then how it feels like it's more like rogue terrorists <laughs> and the people yeah, right. going against them are, are where that genre yeah
1: it's definitely true there is a a the, when you get sort of the ability to move out of a decade and look back at it and or a stretch of time it's a lot easier to see those trends and and sort of see like oh the overriding f- themes or genres of an era like i i think i i thought about this during the mid-2000s it was a really interesting time where so many things got remade, uh, like especially like long franchise things with a sp- specific grittiness to it. Like that mm. was very much the, the feel. I think of things like Batman Begins, which is the Christopher Bale Batman or um, Casino Royale, the Daniel Craig, James Bond. Like they were very much like, like, let's transplant this character, but put it in the tone of this era. And that tone in the mid 2000s, early mid 2000s was gritty like realistic and all of that, but like the pendulum shifts. And I think, you know, that is less the case now than it was then. There is certainly grittiness still to be had, but I think the prevailing moods have changed since then. And similarly with this movie, it is very much set against the backdrop of its era. And that informs a lot of, uh, you know, how it feels.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very astute observation. I don't, I really, I, the reason I started our post show with, I didn't hate it. Because I did not expect to like it, and it's still not it's not my genre, right? But I I, I liked the movie, so I want you to know I did not hate a beloved Dan that, picture. Sir.
1: That's that's all that's I'm important asking. to me that
0: you know. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm grateful to have had the chance to watch it with you, especially to watch it with it. And I, you know what's interesting is, as commentary track listeners know, we didn't we didn't talk that much. Like it it did a good job of even with yeah. low dialogue, commanding attention. Where it was it was hard to know when to say stuff
1: yeah no i agree i mean it is it is an intri it is very captivating as a film i think it's extremely watchable and a large part of that is chalked up to the stars so you know it's always tricky. Can we, can when we, we have to like, keep
0: watching <laughs> yeah
1: it's always tricky when it's like oh man you want to like add some value in that commentary but also the you're kind of wrapped up in the movie yeah I don't know if this is true, but apparent or, or whether it's still going forward. Obviously, a lot. In, apparently, in September 2022, Amazon announced a television adaptation of the film starring Regé-Jean Page and Glenn Powell, which sounds like a fascinating idea. I don't know that this movie or this story works without these these actors like i prepared yeah. to be uh proved wrong but i don't think what i'm attached to is these characters so much as these actors incarnation of these characters so good luck.
0: also if the story takes place is after everything we've yeah. seen <laughs> i guess we'll find out <laughs>
1: all right well we've we've put that one to bed which is great uh lex do you have an idea of what will be following this up
0: you know i don't know yet i'm looking at the list and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna ruminate on that one so it'll be a surprise to everybody including you
1: that sounds great i like to be surprised
0: good well until next time
1: dan keep watching those guys a so pretty good Redford, not a great Newman.
0: I had the same thought, but if you wanted any uh, direction on how it is that police make those composite sketches.
1: Is there a podcast I, I can listen to? In or... uh,
0: indeed there is. There's an episode of Every Little Thing mm. from Gimlet featuring an interview with me creating a composite drawing of you. <laughs> Classic.
1: Not, it's not my favorite drawing of me, but...